Hello and welcome back one more time to Viper Bites. We are heading into week eight and I've got some starts and sits type players that you need to make sure either get in your lineup or you get them out of your lineup because now it's moving day, moving week, whatever you want to call it. Now's the time to make that move for that playoff spot in fantasy. Trade deadline in the NFL is just a week away. We'll talk about that on another show altogether, but let's get a little housekeeping here. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button. Let me know what you think. Get in the comments section. Obviously, you see my Twitter handle there down below, at MattDonnellyFF. You got questions, I've got answers. Feel free to send them. I'll get to them as soon as I can. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you rate and review each and every show. I read those comments, and I appreciate your time that you take to fill out each and every single question, each and every comment. Uh, thank you very much. With that all said, let's get into your week eight starts and sits. At the quarterback position, don't overthink things. Don't overcomplicate things. You're starting your studs. You're your Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray. They are firmly in your lineup. So here are three more players that you need to make sure are starting for you. Number one, Kirk Cousins. Now, looking at Kurt Cousins' average, he's averaging about 21.08 fantasy points per game this season and comes into this week's contest against the Dallas Cowboys as the QB 13. Now, both Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr, they're on bye week this week. So, Kurt Cousins has a good chance to be in the QB 1 uh, conversation throughout this week. The Cowboys are 28th in passing yards allowed, allowing 295 yards per game and are giving up on average two passing touchdowns per game. This one is sure to have some offensive fireworks and a beautiful lack of defense, which fantasy managers absolutely love each and every week. Now, start number two at the quarterback position is Carson Wentz. Why not? I said start him last week after he'd gone three straight games with multiple touchdowns. Well, guess what? He's now gone four straight weeks with multiple touchdowns. In doing so against the 49ers last week, he also ran in one for a score. So Wentz is doing with his arms. He's doing with his legs a little bit more. Last time Wentz and the Titans faced off was the only time in which Carson was held under 17 fantasy points this season. And he basically did that on two wonky ankles that I can confirm and about a hundred other ailments that are unconfirmed at this point. Now, yes, the Titans did shut down Mahomes last week, but they had given up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks prior to that. And you know what? It'd be kind of fun and really 2021 by saying that Carson Wentz is maybe a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Okay, well, I won't go that far. Now, a quarterback who's been there and done that all season is Jalen Hurts. Again, it's they don't ask how, they ask how many, and Hurts has produced some fantastic and beautiful garbage time points. And he did it again. He worked that garbage time magic against the Raiders last week. When it's the fourth quarter, it's Hurts time. I have the Lions upsetting the Eagles this week. Spoiler alert which means Jalen Hurts is going to continue to do Hurts-type things, especially in the fourth quarter. In seven games this season, Hurts ranks second in fantasy points at the quarterback position with 174.74, and he's posted at least 20 fantasy points in each and every contest, finishing no lower than the QB 11 in any week. You are pretty much getting Jalen Hurts in that must-start each and every week category. Now, you're sitting... You have to sit, Sam Darnold. Do you really want to start a quarterback who has a history of seeing ghosts on the field on Halloween? I think not. Now, last week, Darnold was 16-25 for 111 yards passing, had an interception, and he was benched in favor of P.J. Walker. 
that should pretty much end this conversation. But wait, I'm going to keep piling on. Last three weeks for Donald, uh, not been good. He's been the QB 29, QB 15, QB 24. And his passing totals over those three weeks, 177, 207 yards, 111 yards. And I say that respectively? No. No, don't, no starting Sam Donald this week. Another quarterback that I'm tempering expectations on, who I'm sitting, is Matt Ryan. Yes, I know this Falcons offense is getting back on track. Yes, the Panthers team is struggling right now. Yes, this is a division matchup. And I'm already sitting Sam Donald in this. I want to sit Matt Ryan in this one as well. I believe it'll be the Panthers defense that gets up for this one. I need Ryan to do it a couple more times. I need him a little more of a consistency. And this is Falcons offense fly high for a couple weeks before I can trust Matt Ryan in my starting lineups. And to be honest with you, I do have trust issues. That all said, I am looking forward to the Old Spice matchup. A little bit of pits, a little bit of chin this week. At the running back position, must start this week, J.D. McKissick. He's been making fantasy owners of Antonio Gibson just McKissick their butts. You know what I'm saying? Now, the Broncos have allowed the 13th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They just got absolutely gashed by the Cleveland Browns and the Ernest Johnson last week. Now, McKissick has 25 receptions to go along with 34 targets, 249 yards in the receiving game, with an additional 122 yards rushing this year. Antonio Gibson's still a little banged up. McKissick outsnapped him last week, so you definitely want to get McKissick in your flex at the very worst. I think you get him as an RB2 this week against the Broncos. Now, another start, James Conner. I mean, the Cardinals face the Packers on Thursday night football with pretty much everyone on the Packers' sideline with COVID or going through COVID protocol right now. And that includes Packers defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. Now he is the one who tested positive. It kind of spurred this whole thing. We've now heard Devontae Adams. We've now Alan Lazard and many other Packers here are kind of going through it right now. Now the Cardinals offense versus a Packers defense on a short week. Give me the advantage to the Cardinals and to James Conner, who has 18 carries inside the red zone so far through seven games. I don't think there's going to be an ample opportunity for the Packers to practice that defense, especially with Joe Barry not there. It's going to make things interesting. So advantage, James Conner, Cardinals, start James Conner. Another start, another backup running back. Well, why are we? Why are you going to backup? You're starting Joe Mixon. You're starting James Robinson. We're not going to get into those guys. What I'm going to get into is a guy who can help you in your flex spot, and that is Patriots running back, Brandon Bolden. Yes, I said that. Now, he was one of my main waiver wire targets heading into this week, and you could start him against the Chargers as the Patriots will likely be playing catch-up. And Bolden is the primary pass-catching back for the New England Patriots. Now, Bolden caught six passes for 79 yards last week and had a touchdown against the Jets. And let's be honest, the Chargers have given up the third-most fantasy points to running backs this season. Book Brandon Bolden into that flex spot. Now, with every player you have to start, you have to sit someone. And Miles Gaskin, you are sitting for me this week. The Bills have allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. And the last time Gaskins ran up against the Bills, he posted a modest four receptions for 46 yards. Here's a secret. Gaskin, he isn't Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's the only one who's ever done anything against the Bills this year in the run game. You're sitting Miles Gaskin. Plain and simple. Now, to be a little bit of a contrarian here, my other sit is Leonard Fournette. And I, it's not because I don't like Leonard Fournette. It's because I believe in what the Saints defense is doing a defense that has allowed the third fewest rushing yards this season. They're only allowing 80.8 per game. And now it's probably because, well, 
Their offense hasn't been very good. Jameis Winston isn't throwing the ball. They are basically feeling the, I don't know how you say this, but I think the defense is taking it upon their shoulders to try and carry this team. We know Demario Davis. We know Cameron Jordan. They are playing some inspired ball. They get Marcus Davenport back this week, likely back. I shouldn't say he's back all the way, but he is off the IR. So expect him to come in. It's hard to bet against Uncle Lenny and the Bucks' offense, but a division divisional showdown, I expect the Saints to get up for this one as well. Now, honorable mention, Najee Harris almost made it to the sit here based on the Browns' second-ranked rushing defense, but I really believe Najee Harris has standalone value in the passing game, which is going to help him avoid being a sit this week. At the wide receiver position, start LaVisca Cheneau. Cheneau has been targeted at least seven times in four of six games this season, including 10 times the last time that the Jaguars took the field. Cheneau ranks second, second amongst Jaguars pass catchers in targets with 41. He's got 26 receptions and 306 receiving yards. And this week, he faces the Seahawks secondary that hasn't been good and has been giving up passing yards all season. Start LaVisca Cheneau. Another start, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, Michael Pittman. Call him Michael the Hitman Pittman, whatever you want to go. Carson Wentz has found his main man. Against San Francisco last week, four catches, 105 yards, posted 20.5 fantasy points. He was a wide receiver eight. The Titans allow points in bunches to the wide receiver position. They have given up 48.03 per game and also allowing the most yards per game at 226 to wide receivers. You're firing up Michael Pittman. Forget everything about Kansas City the week before. Forget about that dud that Tyreek Hill had. You're firing up Michael Pittman. Now another start is Emmanuel Sanders. Hey, I've said Emmanuel Sanders, Hunter Renfro are must start flex plays each and every week. And I'll continue to say this until someone pays attention to me, mostly because I have attention-seeking behaviors, and that's what I do best. Now, in three of his last four games, he has 75 yards or more, and this week he gets the Dolphins, a Dolphins team that I should add that is giving up 414.9 total yards per game. That's not good. Thanks for asking. Now, Sanders is the wide receiver 28 on the season. He's got 90 fantasy points. He's averaging 15 per game. It would not surprise me in the least to see Sanders as a top 15 wide receiver this week for fantasy. Now, I'm starting Sanders in this game. That means I'm going to sit Jalen Waddle. Listen, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. I am fading any receiver that faces the Bills and the secondary. The Bills have yet to give up more than 100 yards to any wide receiver that they have faced. A.J. Brown came close back in week six. He came in with 96 yards. Sorry, doesn't count. You did not hit that magical threshold of 100 yards. The Bills have not yielded that yet, and I don't see that happening this week. Now, another sit for me, and this one maybe hurts. This gets to me on a personal level. It's Allen Robinson. We're going into Halloween. Allen Robinson is basically the walking dead. Let's call it right now. He has done nothing. You can't put him in his lineup. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me two, three, four, five times. Whatever that is, shame on me. Don't be silly. Say no to A-Rob. Seriously, Freddie Swain, Quez Watkins, Deontay Harris are all ahead of the wide receiver 65 in standard scoring. Oh, that's not good. Now, tight end position. I'm seeing what's going on in Green Bay right now. We know that Devontae Adams is likely to miss. We know that Alan Lazard is likely to miss the Thursday night match due to COVID. That means Aaron Rodgers has to throw the ball to someone. Uh, Valdez Scanling, he's still hurt. We haven't seen him get right back into it yet. 
That means Robert Tunyon and Aaron Jones, they're going to have to step up. So you know what? I know a lot of people are saying, sit Robert Tunyon. I'm going to say, start Robert Tunyon. I mean, it's basically Jones and him all week. Good news is, Tunyon did hit Pater last week. He had 63 yards, which was great because, you know, he's basically a no-show the rest of the season. I don't know if he had more than 10 yards in at least four of those contests leading up to last week's outburst in production, whatever you want to call it. Now, another start of the tight end position for me is Hunter Henry. Listen, the Chargers are 31st in points allowed to the tight end position at 19.27 and are giving up 78.1 yards per game to go along with conceding four touchdowns thus far this season. Hunter Henry has scored a touchdown in four straight contests. Now, he's not getting the volume, but he's getting those looks in the red zone, in the end zone, whatever zone you want to call it. That's good enough for me. Start Hunter Henry. Another start of the tight end position, Mike Gusecki. Yes, I know we're going against the Bills. We've already decided we're shutting down Miles Gaskin. We've already decided we're shutting down Jalen Waddle. Someone's got to benefit from all this uh, shutdown going on here. Why not Mike Gusecki? Now, we know this matchup is tough on paper. We know the Bills are tough against the run. We know they haven't given up a 100-yard receiver yet this season. But you know what? Someone's going to have an opportunity to make some points. We're talking PBR, PPR here. Give Mike Gusecki a chance. I believe in him. He's been playing some uh, inspired ball as of late. Speaking of players who have played inspired or uninspired ball, you have to sit Evan Ingram. If Ingram can't produce with Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton out of the lineup, what is he going to do when they come back in the lineup? I don't care how good this matchup is against the Chiefs, how it looks on paper. I am not touching Evan Ingram, and neither should you. I, you, you have to be incredibly desperate. I, I, yeah, there's better options out there right now. One of those options that you're that might be actually worse than Evan Ingram is Gerald Everett. Yes, this matchup against the Jaguars looks good as well, and the Jags are amongst the worst when it comes to defending the tight end position in fantasy. So I can see the temptation, that glimmer in your eyes, and I, I can hardly blame you. But don't do it, man. Just don't do it. We have Waller. We have Andrews on by. George Kittle's hurt. Dawson Knox, he's hurt. Rob Gronkowski, he, at least he's coming back hopefully this week. But honestly, does anything about the Seahawks offense scream fantasy relevancy with Geno Smith under center? The answer is no. Everett, while missing time this season, only has 20 fantasy points. He only has 13 receptions. He only has 128 yards. And he only has Geno Smith. Forget about it. You're not going with him at all. With that all said, those are the starts and sits questions. Make sure to hit me up on Twitter at MattDonnellyFF. Make sure to get in the comments here on the YouTube. I'll answer each and every question. Even if it's not about this video, if you've got a start and sit question you want answered, hit me up. DM me, whatever you got to do, get at me, and I'll make sure I answer those questions. Now, make sure you're tuning in 10 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday, catching the Viper cast. Myself and Major Tara, Calvin Shoemake, we are coming at you strong, previewing each week, giving you some bold predictions, giving you some waiver wire, waiver wire advice, and also talking little starts and sits along the way. That said, we'll see you next time. Take care.